Street Fighter. Ooh, yeah. Is that on coming out on Nintendo? I think Switch? it's already out on Switch. There's Crash Bandicoot coming out too. Oh my god, I love uh, Crash Bandicoot so and much. And Super Mario Brothers or something Mario related. Mm. Mario Party. Oh yeah, that and Smash Brothers. Mm, yes, Smash Brothers. That's the one. He's like, Todd's like, I can't wait for it to come out. Steve won't play video games with me. What? Yeah, you are. I, I have heard this. <laughs> you like didn't like, you had friends over or something and you wouldn't let them play because they were playing badly. And then <laughs> you ditched your brother and wanted to play with the brother's friend because he was better at playing games. I think you have problems. <laughs> what? Oh. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Do you know what I think is a special skill to have? Yeah. Is when you can make a dessert fatter than what it's intended. Ooh, okay. Give me an example. So say you've got a brownie. Yeah. A brownie's already quite yeah, bad. Yeah, butter and sugar and stuff. It's got a bunch of shit in it. <laughs> but then you put ice cream on that brownie. Oh, yeah. And then you put chocolate sauce on that brownie. Oh, yeah. And then you put whipped cream. <gasps> and then you put a waffle on it. Yes. <laughs> and then you put... Um, <laughs> more shit on that brownie like you go waffle and then it goes oreos and then you punch a bunch of shit on there and it just makes it worse grated chocolate on top and then a cherry you're like i'm kind of healthy a bit of cherry (laughs) and then you put like liqueur on it and light on fire and you're like why eat it now because i feel like desserts are kind of gone off the rails (sighs) yeah and also there's this american obsession with chicken and making it dessert related. Like the amount of places I would go to and you can get pancakes and just a chicken wang on the side or waffles and chicken, which admittedly it was actually pretty delicious. You put just maple syrup over everything and then you've got baking cakes. I know, but it, it was sounds, amazing. I've had it before. There's a place called Miss Peaches in Newtown Ooh, yeah, that used that. to do chicken and waffles and it's gross mm. and I never want to eat it because yeah. it's gross. It's actually but, all right. I will. And then there's the donut. Have you heard about that? What's a donut? A guy's created like a nugget in the shape of a donut, donut, and it's got like icing on one side. So a donut. So it's a chicken nugget. <laughs> yeah, a giant chicken nugget with a hole in it, so it looks like a donut, and then it's got icing on. Why one side. the fuck are you putting icing I on a chicken know. nugget? I don't know. Donut. I hate like things like well, like cronuts are delicious. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. But I had a crow. Uh muffin mm. which is a croissant muffin the other day how does that work it's just like a croissant that's formed into, into a shape of a muffin wow and it was really good but then you see that and people are like put nutella in it you're like fucking calm down <laughs> i don't need nutella I'm like no what you should do is put like fill it with ice cream mm. and then put nutella in it mm. and then like just light it all on fire <laughs> yes uh, in my pillow. Desserts nowadays are in crack. If you ever get like uh, a milkshake nowadays, it's never just a milkshake. Yeah, it's a donut and yeah. then you got the straw through the donut in the milkshake. And then it's like berry floss and yeah. a bunch of shit. And you're like, I just, <laughs> I just want a milkshake. It's just too much. <laughs> I, desserts are on crack. That's uh, what we're learning. Nice. I think desserts are on crack. Oh, also, gosh. macaroons are shit. Oh, no way. Yes. They're my favorite thing. One of my friends even bought me like for Christmas one year, a, uh, a macaroons book. Oh, and I'm like, how to make. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, she just knew my obsession for them. Because okay. I would just always go to a cafe and I'd be able to afford like 
it was either that or getting like an expensive coffee and I'd be like, I'm just going to sit here with this one little macaroon that I could afford. They're not good. They're so good. I'm going to teach you how to make them. Oh, please do. Because this is the thing, like they break down the type of egg that you use and how you treat the egg and the almond meal that you use. And it's like so special. I'm going to show you the book. It's not that special. You're going to fall in love. I'm going to teach you how to make them. It's gonna, I'm going to do it the sloppiest way. <laughs> no. And you're going to be like, oh, no. it's not really a biscuit. No. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They're not a biscuit. They're like trying to be a biscuit, but they're not. They're not a biscuit. No. Did you know that ginger nut biscuits mm. are made differently in every state? I did. And I know the history of this. Oh, go, 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 go. <laughs> because I'm from Queensland. And when I came to New South Wales, I love my ginger nut biscuits. And I went to the store and I got a packet and I opened it up and I bit into it. It's fucking rock hard. Yeah, that's the only way to have a ginger New nut New South biscuit. Wales, I don't know what is wrong with you. That is not how you have your ginger nut cookie. It's thin and it's darker and it's kind of like in the middle between crunchy, but you don't break your teeth on it. It's amazing. You guys are so weird and you've ruined ginger nut cookies for me. You're wrong. Forever. Because no. I thought like, I was like, fuck, have they changed the recipe? And I like texted my mum and everything. This was such a serious family matter because we live on ginger nut cookies. <laughs> and I was like, what is wrong with this? What is wrong with this state? And then I Googled it and there's no joke. There's like a forum online where all these people are talking about what's the best way to have the ginger nut cookie. So when Arnett's um, first came out, they sort of owned all the biscuits and the recipes and what have you. Mm. But each of the states... Um, had their own sort of flour that they used or sort of like a twist, like because of the particular bakery at that time or whatever, they were using a particular flour. Okay. And it sort of slightly varied from state to state. And then when they sort of got into like big production lines of making the cookies and stuff, they wanted to – I keep saying cookies. It feels so American. It's yeah, like biscuit. Like, biscuit. It's biscuit. A biscuit. <laughs> um, uh, sort of production lines, they were like, this is quite silly that – you know, we should have a universal sort of recipe and it should all be the same in every state. Yeah. So then, of course, when they did that, everyone went nuts. They were like, what? All the New South Welshmen were like, no, it has to be hard and you have to break your teeth on it because that's oh, what we like. No, it's I'm hard. sorry, I don't mean to make fun, but it's so wrong. It's hard because you dip it in tea and then eat it that way. No, it's- I mean, I still do it anyway. And then it's just in Queensland, it's, we're risk takers. You just have to leave it in there and you're like, oh, and you have to pull it out really quickly. No. It drops in there. No. Whereas in New South Wales, you can leave it in there all day. It's <laughs> cement. It's so bad. It's honestly, my favourite thing to do is get like a no. packet of them and just sit there and dunk it. No. You're just like <laughs> flushing my dreams down every time you do that. You just hear me crying. I'll just feel you do it so anywhere you sound is like super thin. I know. Well, kind of. It's like half the, the thickness of the – so you yours are also like smaller in circumference. Ours yeah. are slightly bigger, it's thinner, and it's a darker colour. And as you oh. go like sort of this, it snaps, right? You do that and you're like mm. – Yeah. You break your you hand. You can't break <laughs> It is like eating It's concrete. nuts. But I, all these people are talking about it. And then so they had to go and change the recipe again so that each state has their own ginger nut cookie. And I feel like it could turn into like World War Five or something because it's like, no. This is World how you have the Because we skipped three and four. Well, I figured Donald Trump's already, already like starting <laughs> three and four. Yeah. Or when we get to them, anyway. And then we'll get to the Great Biscuit War. (laughs) And that's all to tear this nation apart. Honestly. I want to know. Let us know what your ginger nut cookie. Yeah. Like preferences. (laughs) Because 
I've only ever had ginger nuts in New South Wales because I'm a simple lady. We're going to change your life. You know where all the people holiday from New South Wales? Oh, they come to Queensland. Get the sun <laughs> and our ginger nut fucking cookies. I'm going to go get one. We're going to the Gold Coast in September. Oh, please. So I'm going to, we have to write that down. We're going to write, we're going to go get ginger nut biscuits. Yeah. Stephen's giving us the nod and the gun click yes. Yeah. Which means he's serious. And then can you please post a video on Instagram of you guys having side by side like the Queensland one and oh, the New South Wales one? Absolutely. I'm blown away. I wonder what other people Honestly, are and you're going to be like, oh, pretending like, oh, yeah, the New South Wales one is so much better. <laughs> I like Are you going to be lying? No, I'm not lying. I like it as thick <laughs> as a coaster. <laughs> no. Like those cool coasters that your grandparents no. had and just like super dense and like hard to eat. <laughs> no, hard to digest too. It's like trying to pass <laughs> a stone. Like- <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's like bad. Drown it in tea. Oh, no. No, no amount of tea can make that taste better. I also think the way you do your tea is wrong, but I'm going to let that go. Look, you know, my boyfriend also thinks that too. He doesn't like the way I do tea. Actually, there was a guy that I went to school with, super sweet, Zachary Rosado. Zach, and if you're listening, this is for you. <laughs> I remember. Shout out to Zach. <laughs> I Back when I was like 16, we're on a school trip somewhere, Greece and Italy. And I was like making tea. So I was like, anyone want to make it, have a tea? Because I wanted to be like, yeah, I'm having tea. And unbeknownst to me, Zachary was like a fucking champion at tea. And he was like really proper. I was doing it just to be like, I'm an adult drinking tea. And he's yeah. like, I've been doing this since I was six. And then Whoa. I like poured, <laughs> and this is kind of pretty crazy for me now thinking about it. I poured the milk in, put the tea bag in. <gasps> I know. Samantha. I know. And then I put the hot water in and Zach's face was like, oh. <gasps> The biggest sin, and he just <laughs> gave it to me, sin. and I was like, "Dude, it's tea. Shut up and drink it." Like, who no. even gets cranky about the way they have their tea? And then next minute, ginger nut girl going crazy about like how she likes her ginger nuts. <laughs> but in saying that, I'm so sorry, Zach. I understand now the great <laughs> sin that I Zach, committed. Come back to us. <laughs> We've understood our tea trading problems now. <laughs> Zach, come back. Zach, come back. Yeah, that's the song. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, okay, so what's wrong with my tea making? I just I just don't do milk in my tea. Oh. It's probably controversial because I have no. black tea okay. with sugar. All right, this is going to divide people. This is going to divide the nation more than the ginger nut cookie debacle. <laughs> Biscuit. Sam, wow. Okay. Yes, tea. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, fuck me. Okay, so Earl Grey. Do you have milk? In Earl Grey. Or do you not? Earl Grey tea. Loose leaf, tea bag, however you have it. Not going to discriminate. No, you have Earl Grey black. <gasps> no. You're wrong. No. You're... It is milk. <laughs> it's a black tea. <laughs> I don't put milk in my black tea. I don't oh. put milk in anything because I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> and I See, also... I think you're prejudiced. You, yeah, I yeah, don't know. Also, really... I don't, yeah, I don't particularly like milk, but No. Sorry, <laughs> I can't be dealing with that. Uh, okay, right. I feel like we are going to make a Facebook poll. <laughs> yes, we and should. when this comes out, and if you guys could give us your tea opinions, that would Please. be great. We're very Honestly. interested in the big issues. <laughs> tea and biscuits, the big issues, <laughs> bigger than the big issue. The big issues. <laughs> All right, I know I'm the joy you that came over your face just now was <laughs> impeccable. All you right. were so happy with what just happened to you. <laughs> Oh, welcome to the Wonder Podcast. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm Rihanna. Uh, hi. 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 Every week. 
Yes. One of us mm-hmm. tells a story. Yes. Of true crime. Yeah. To the other person. Yeah. And I don't know why. And then the other person reacts. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they practice their reactions throughout the week. <gasps> yeah. What? Mm. Mm. Intriguing. Oh. Oh. <laughs> ah! <laughs> this is great. This Every is, week. Yeah, we're great. We're not high. It's fine. <laughs> Guys, we're fine. <laughs> we're high on tea with milk. <laughs> just, I just, no. All right. Milk we're is for coffee and oh, I don't even like milk on my cereal, which is going to be the worst oh, thing I've ever said. So I, you are one of those weirdos that have cereal and just a spoon and you sit there eating it sadly? Or maybe <laughs> the liquid is the tears of like how sad you are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what is that? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what have we got against milk? I just don't like milk. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. I put strawberries oh my in my cereal and that kind of gives it like, liquid yes what if i like not like all cereal but like if i get like a muesli what about wheat bix who the f- who i eat wheat bix still yes how old are you it's the best in winter you put milk in put the uh, microwave with sugar uh, oh, uh, oh it's kind of like baby vomit but it's the best <laughs> so would you eat it then <laughs> I don't it doesn't taste like baby vomit but it has the consistent no it has the con- okay so side note Rihanna's cat Mally is so beautiful I have like cleaned up his cat vomit once though it was tuna and like that's the consistency of wet soggy wheat pigs. why are you eating wheat pigs if that's <laughs> what you're thinking about the I- texture means everything to me but it's I, it's the memory of it being a child and winter morning and your mum makes your wheat pigs and- I remember about eating wheat pigs and this is sound this is controversial yeah. Yeah. Are you ready? <sighs> I, I put me. Nutella on my wheat pigs and then I make like a sandwich out of two <laughs> and you just be eating them and coughing up. How is that not dry? <laughs> no, it is dry. <laughs> it is dry. <laughs> it is awful. And it makes you do like a wheat oh pigs cough. Like, <gasps> like oh. when you eat too much dry Milo. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, the dry Milo cough is the worst. When yeah. you like <clears throat> inhale it. <gasps> but then it's like, we used to do that as a school challenge where you'd put like jam on a wheat bix and have to eat it because it was a crazy, not normal thing to do, Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't, like, I. Oh my look, gosh. We all had our experimental phase <laughs> and I don't feel like you should judge me for that. I think there's a certain place in, <laughs> in hell for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was going to say Nutella hell is that a thing. No, you're not. Nutella hell You're beautiful. You're, you're going to a really special place. In hell. <laughs> And they're going to give me, I just, <laughs> what? I would like, I would be more happy She's with so you if you like soaked the wheat bix in liqueur or something. Like gave it some <laughs> so moisture. Like and then alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a 12 year old. No. Fucking milk. I got my fucking coffee liqueur. Just what? <laughs> Bush. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Oh my gosh. I can't get over that. This is actually a podcast about murder <laughs> and not breakfast. <laughs> I need to point that out. Are we going to include all of this intro? I think it's kind of special. We kind of have I to. I think we have to. Yeah. Stephen's given in the nod. Yes. All right. It is- <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> she told me I'm going to hell. I don't have <laughs> I know. I was like, that was really harsh coming from me. I'm really sorry. I did not mean it. Sam cannot tell someone something mean. She just looks so sad in the eyes. Uh, or I have to like, if I have to criticize someone, I have to be like, say something positive first. It's like a positive and then it's like kiss kick kind of thing. Uh, Shouldn't hmm. you be doing like a sandwich where you're like positive, yeah. negative, 
positive. It, you're exactly right. That's the better way to to approach it's it. It's a nice but. sandwich of emotions. <laughs> you really want an ice cream sandwich, don't you? I, <laughs> yeah, I'm. <laughs> tea spillage. I just put my tea on the floor. <laughs> Are your hands burning? No, I, no, it's cold tea. Oh, you know what? That reminds me of Todd. I don't know why I had to have that sort of reaction, but my partner said he found this cup this mug on the internet <laughs> and it had just the sort of words printed and it was this is probably cold and it's like as you're drinking it it's like how real is that when it's like the amount of times I've gone to pick up my tea and I'm like yeah everyone's thinking I'm drinking a hot tea but it's actually really it's cold actually been there for four it's days probably cold <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just four days. licking the mold off the top la, 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 la. we're disgusting we shouldn't be allowed new people <laughs> <laughs> no but if you have any cats, we'd be happy to babysit them. No, I wouldn't. I've got too many already. <laughs> oh, they're it's so beautiful. Border lighting on crazy. I don't have any animals to love. I just want an animal to love. The ladder in our apartment. Yeah. All right. This is. Times are tough. Yeah, times are tough. All right. But, okay. So, so <laughs> this is Sam's week. You! And Sam's going to tell me a murder. Yeah. And I'm going to sit down on the couch and do basically nothing. <laughs> Except practicing your reaction voices. Woo. <laughs> Not woo. You would never woo. No. Maybe one. If woo girls. Like, woo. They're like, if the killer was caught. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the town was saved. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. That's that's totally woo worthy. Woo. Uh, okay. So... Uh, this week we're, uh, well, I'm looking at the, uh, murder of John Price and the murderer was none, none other than Catherine Knight. Now, so she's really one of Australia's most well-known murderers just because of the horrific nature in which she killed poor John Price, um, so I'm going to sort of give you some backstory into her life and then we'll go into the crime and then we'll talk a little bit of sort of after prison. I don't know what it is. I just find it really interesting. Like, where are they now? What are they doing in prison? What's their life like? I kind of find Probably it interesting. Probably shitty. Really shitty. I hope it would be, but hers actually sounds pretty buzzed. Like Ugh. she's having a better life in prison than she did outside of life, which is kind of depressing. I don't know how to feel about that. I know, right? I feel too many things. I know. And some of the prisons that I saw looked like gorgeous little rooms they had like stickers all over it and wallpaper and you still have to poo in yeah. front of people yeah well the toilet looked really nice <laughs> they had like like religious sort of paraphernalia sitting on top and then they had stuff all over the what sink what is religious paraphernalia like um is like it... crosses and, oh. and rosary beads and I things thought you like meant that like a jesus bong <laughs> oh <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess it is kind of, well, unless you have I've a used the wrong word in the wrong term. I, I do that a lot because I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's the thing. Stephen, can you fact check this for me? Religious paraphernalia? Like I'm thinking this is a thing that's referred to when they have like rosary beads and like pictures of Jesus and just like items that I think I still have I have rosary beads from Ireland which I think I still have and I still have ones from Italy as well which I bought over there beautiful yes were they made with some special like those made by gypsies oh yes yes those are the real rosary beads right yes by the gypsies who don't believe in I don't don't think I don't think gypsies are religious maybe they are I have no idea yeah but yeah you can buy them on the street from gypsies wow 
Yeah. And there's like um, bracelets with all the saints on them. Oh, yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm, I'm thinking this is what I was using when I used this term, like what that meant. Stephen's had it work, but, but he can't clearly find it. doesn't know how to spell the word paraphernalia. Well, I don't even. I, I just don't. used it. I, I found spell- it somewhere in the like back of my brain. I was like, this seems like a word that was used to describe something in something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, move we'll on. get back to you on this. Anyway, so, uh, right. So, we are going to go back in time to uh, 1940s. So, Rita's eyes like, the fuck? So I'm not old. prepared to go back. So, I've created like this great little timeline that has, I'll probably like refer to. We will take a picture of this and post it on Instagram because <laughs> yeah. it is pretty incredible. I like making timelines and being super specific about dates and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I do the opposite of that. <laughs> no, but you get like the gist of the story and you get like right into it. And I love how like emotionally connected you get to every single story. It's I, like I cry a lot, guys. I have a lot uh, of feelings. Yeah. I and have, you can see it and you can feel it that you sort of you get right into these stories. And you bring out the heart of each story. I hate when people compliment really nice. me. I can't even look at you. Oh, stop it. She's such a special girl, guys. Photo uh, <laughs> 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 to be followed. Stop. Anyway, go back to your story. Oh, bad. <laughs> so 1940s uh, in Aberdeen, which whenever I hear Aberdeen, I think of my friend from Scotland who's born in Aberdeen. I'm like, we have an Aberdeen. So maybe that's sort of how. Yeah. Yeah. We have an Aberdeen. Yeah. I didn't know Where this. is Aberdeen? Aberdeen is Upper Hunter Valley. Oh. And I was like, oh, so there must be some rich people there. But no, it's like sort of um, country's fuck town. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that or why I had to phrase it that way. <laughs> Country is fuck. Um, sure, they're great people. Yeah, like the heart and soul of the town revolved around the meatworks, like the abattoir in the town. Okay. And it was like the lifeblood. They got a lot of income. Most of the people worked there or had some association or were likely to have a family member that worked there. Okay. And so it was basically just big for coal mining and the meatworks. And that was That's it. super morbid. Yeah. Because both those things are... Hard work. Hard work. So you're thinking like the men in this town were like super, like super sort of going back to like stereotypes of the woman being the person at the house, Mm. head of the household, doing the chores and everything at home and the man, you know, going and doing really tough, hard day's work and... You know, being going underground like, mm, in the 1940s would yeah. be so dangerous. Oh, gosh, yeah. So, no. Mm. So, okay, so we start the story with, oh, I'm so disappointed in myself that I didn't write the surname. So there was a gentleman by the name of Jack who owned the abattoir in the 40s and he had his wife, Barb, and they had four kids together. Barb. Jack and Bob. Jack and Bob. Bob and Jack. <laughs> and so they had four kids together and she took off with another abattoir worker. So she was Bob. like, uh, you know, with the head, the owner of the company and she goes for a worker. So it's like, oh, Bob. Oh, Bob. this is some Titanic. Oh, Jack. Titanic. Sorry. I just had a really, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like Titanic. You know, she was wealthy and then yeah. goes with, okay, anyway. So, Damn, girl. And then I just was like, oh, his name was Jack as well. But it's kind of reverse. This guy was called, the, the guy that she ran off with was Dave. <laughs> Actually, no, it wasn't. Fuck, I'm so bad. No. Yes, it was. No, it was. Yay, Dave. Oh. Ooh, this makes it so much creepier for later on. Ooh, that's so weird. Okay, so yeah, um, <laughs> no. I'm looking at the wrong timeline. <laughs> oh, my God, Sam. I'm so bad. No, keep okay. going. Keep going. 
Ken. Ken. So, oh, this is great. Barb, Barbara, maybe she's called Barbie. Ken, Ken and Barbara. <laughs> That's a great little, um, I, just, I don't know how I realised that like before. Like how many years before the fact? Yeah. Well, actually, Barbie came out in 1950s. But when did Ken come out? When did her boyfriend Yeah, come out? good point. Maybe it's based on them. Mm. Barbie I before Ken. But yeah. Took some of the limelight too, bastard. Okay, so um, she leaves uh, Jack for Ken Ooh. and they're like total like root rabbits and just like so <laughs> uh, obsessed with each other and they get just like ah and they have a house together and he's still working at the abattoir, I think, um, and they have four kids together. So they have two boys and two girls. Does she not already have kids? Yeah, she already does. But she was like, poos. So she leaves those four kids with Jack, nicks off with this guy and has another four kids with this. That's eight children that you gave birth to. Eight children. So this is like an epic species of a uh, epic, epic woman. <laughs> yes, <okay>. species. <laughs> I'm still my brain. Uh, so. Wait, do you want to know a random epic fact? Epic breed of a woman. Yeah, please do. Okay. The woman who had. <laughs> The most children mm-hmm. ever recorded. Yeah. Had um, 69 kids. Fuck off. Yeah. And it was like in Russia in the 1700s, she had 69 kids. So she had sets of like I triplets what, and stuff. Triplets like, called triplets and twins. Oh my gosh. Yes. How does that happen? I don't know. Ugh. And she had them over like a 40 year period or something. Oh my crazy. gosh. There would be so much incest too. Like you wouldn't even know. You're related. You have a family reunion. You're like, fuck, that's my Whoa. husband. Or that's like. Your mom was just constantly pregnant. Yeah. Like she's just like. <laughs> she <laughs> could never have a vodka. Like brother well, she probably and you're did, like 10. But like she could never have a vodka. She'd be like, well, cheese. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> that's a lot of kids. Well, back then they would be like, no, we have whatever we want. <laughs> yes. What that was? Yes. Meat. Um, <laughs> meat. <laughs> neat. No, neat. Oh, it's like, like Russian for no. And then. Ah, neat. Net and then um, harsha means harsha good and Ooh. koshka koshka ooh that's cat. all my Russian Thank koshka you. you have a nice koshka <laughs> is that right you have a nice koshka pussy <laughs> that's what you were saying pussy cat anyway back to these okay, humans back to the story so um yeah and then so the life <clears throat> of these kids uh was actually pretty horrible because. Ken and Barbara were super abusive oh. and super dysfunctional and they would fight all the time. And apparently Barbara gave it as much as she got it. Like she would punch Ken oh. and fight with him just as much as he would to her. So not that any side is better or, or worse. worse but they like, just were don't horrible. Don't hit your partner. Dis- you yeah. Can. Don't do it ever. And like super dysfunctional and uh, – at one point, uh, Jack, the first husband, dies. So then they have four more kids. So there's eight kids in one house, two dysfunctional parents. and Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. And so uh, Catherine Knight, when she was born in 1955, she was born 30 minutes after a twin's, her sister Joy. So she's a twin. Oh, my God. I know. I was like, that's a fun fact. Um, so, uh, yeah, and so when she was growing up, she was witness to all of this really horrible stuff, the way that the parents treated them. Also, her mum, she used to crave her mum's attention. Aww. 
and love and oh, her mum no. would beat her profusely and no. just yeah I know uh and whether or not that would just make her sort of crave her attention more and be like no I've done something wrong love me more don't beat me which is really really horrible um which also shows and things so young and seeing that's how you know that's would have been your only sort of model for a relationship and you think this is how people live this is what parents are this is what this is how they treat their kids this is how they treat each other this is a functional air quote sort of relationship you know because that's all she knew um and she loved both her parents very much um oh my god and but they were so horrible so hard Uh, it just sucks when you don't have like yeah i mean no one has a standard for a good relationship but like just don't i know abuse your kids and she um sort of made claims uh, I think later when police officers were talking to her that she was also sexually assaulted when mm. she was a child. Uh, but the really horrible thing is that the dad was super obsessed, Ken was super obsessed with sex and Ooh, he craved it, it all the time. Ugh. And he would all the time? get it. Yeah, all the time, like sex maniac. And he would crave it and want it no matter what at whatever cost and he would always get it. So he would end up physically assaulting the wife Barb until she gave in and oftentimes like rape her oh my and god all the kids bore witness to this too like he didn't sort of shy away from the fact so the kids saw this so Catherine also grew up with a fear of being raped uh as as you would as you would even just being hey piccolo piccolo is here and she's she the must podcast, be hearing the story and she's like no this is horrible the Please. podcast dog is like jumped up on sam at the come wrong on. point in time you want to go oh. to rihanna come on come on yeah, you can come with get the cuddles yeah. uh and so she and then as a result of that she the psychologist was sort of saying that she would have gotten uh she's sort of built this harsh exterior to be able to cope with the fact that her life is so horrible. And like by, and she said specifically like something inside of her would have died by like the age of four and just sort of was like, well, no one's going to take care of me. I have to sort of take care of myself. Uh, And then growing up, she was always really shy. She was pretty quiet, but she sort of had two different sides to her personality and she would sometimes just fly out into a massive rage and just would get really angry and, the the author of a book that was based on Catherine's life, uh, I think it's Peter Layla, and he wrote the book called Bloodstain. And oh, that's he such a was terrible sort of, title. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sure it's a great book, but uh, like I think it. Uh, he seemed he was quite funny, and he was like he knew a lot of the details when he was sort of being interviewed for this story. Mm. Um, but actually, there. Two people have gotten the rights to his book and they're going to make a film out of it. Ooh. So I don't know if it already is, but so hopefully they change the title. Bloodstain. Bloodstain sounds like mm. a bad period joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> once a month. Um, um, okay. <laughs> no, thanks for really clarifying mean, once a month, Sam. <laughs> like we didn't already know. We already knew that. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so um, he, where am I up to? Can so like she? Oh yeah, she grew up the way she grew up, and um, so uh, this author sort of details this moment where a neighbor saw Joy and Catherine fighting because it was one of the girls' turn to ride the bike, 
and the other one, <laughs> girl didn't give it up. And so he was saying, you know, at that time girls would like, you know, pinch each other or pull hair or do something sort of minimal. And he was like, these two like beat the crap out of each other. With oh, their my fists. God. They were like hard at it. But it's like that's all that they saw and that was how you got what you wanted was violence. That's awful. Yeah. God. Okay. So just imagine two well, young girls like punching each other. It's I like know. so bizarre. Yeah, I mean like any sort of young kids just being that aggressively like violent oh, any, and just yeah. instead like of sort of being all. like, eh, I push you or I want this and crying. They were just like beating the crap out of each other like senseless. <laughs> oh my god, that's so intense. <laughs> I know. It's and, a bike. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bike. It's fine. Get a new one. Um and so yeah, so she grows up and she leaves school at the age of 15 and she can barely read or write, but oh she has God. a dream. I know, right? I'm like, oh, gosh. So she apparently they were saying they moved around a bit and she went to different schools and so she just, I wouldn't imagine you would have much of an interest in school if you have such a, where it'd be hard to focus in school when you've got sort of a, I don't know. Such an I up and down emotional thing at home. Yeah. Fuck. I know. Okay. So then she uh, lands her dream job at the abattoir when she was 16 because her brothers went there, her parents worked there, uh, and she's always wanted to work there. At the abattoir? At the abattoir. That is your dream. Depressing. 16 as well. You're like, I don't know, maybe you dream about the day you're going to get married or going to uni or traveling or something. She's like, I want to work in an abattoir. You know what? There's goals. There is. And you can have those goals oh. and I respect your choices. I, I but do also, if you... don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a depressing place. I, I mean, fair enough. Like there's so many. My brother actually worked in one in Queensland. Really? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you have to work there because it's money or, or it's, it's a job or whatever. But it's like she didn't want anything else in her life more than she wanted to work at the abattoir. Imagine if she got really into wine <laughs> because she was like in the right region. I know. So she did that. She could have gone into wine. Into wine. Gosh. It's pretty much the same. <laughs> They're both red. Ish. <laughs> They're both red. They can't be. They can't be. They're both red. Bloodstain. Bloodstain. Oh, yeah. That's uh, insane to like. I know. Should there is there laws? Can you not work at Avatar until you're like? Well, back then you got to you got to remember this is 1971. Oh, okay. So there's like no rules. Yeah, they were like poos. Whatever. And that was even like, you want a driver's license? Sure. Whatever. It's a driver's license. I Good. don't really care what no, you do. <laughs> have fun. Yeah. I don't even think uh, driving a car with seatbelts was legal then. That's I right. I think that was 80s maybe. Yeah, that was like the 80s know. when you had to wear your seatbelt. Yeah, but I mean this is still like hippie love coming off the back of that and it's still, um, you know, um, especially in small country towns, you know, drinking and, and, and partying and sex and, and, and drugs and whatever yeah, else. Yeah, and it's like a kind of, it, I can imagine it's like mm. being so Australian, like the biggest mm. kind of like. Blokes are blokes. And it, exactly Girls that. are Sheilas. Yeah. And when you're interviewing, not to make fun of um, anyone's sort of dialect, but it's just, uh, it reminds me of some of my family members because they have that really thick, oh, hey, gown, you know, ah, real thick sort like of nasally. Nose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they were like, oh, yeah, she was down at this shop and she went here. And oh. I just loved like listening to them talk. And I love, yeah. I love when you meet an old guy. Yeah. In like a town, in like a country pub. Oh. He's like, oh, yeah. 
It's str- he doesn't say stroof. I feel like stroof. <laughs> banning him. <laughs> banning him, yeah. You're like, all right, oh, mate. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, he calls oh. you Cobba. <laughs> Cobba. Cobba. Hey. Hey. Um, but, yeah, that's exactly sort of the scene that she grew up in and the kind of men that she was attracted to as well, just like her dad, you know, working in oh. Avatar, like big drinkers, um, sort of smart asses, uh, you know, dude, sort of extroverts, life of the party. Oh, Piccolo's <laughs> visiting me again. What is Rena's Pat's not good enough? Yeah. She wants that son. Um, and so, yeah, so she's working in the abattoir and people are recounting sort of these times when she, so she, oh, I should mention as well, she started off in the awful part. Oh. Where you're like cutting up bits and bobs of that. <laughs> I think people should eat more awful really why is controversial that? opinion maybe because it was quite popular in the uh turn of the century yeah um and even all the way up until sorry. <laughs> sorry she's trying to put piccolo down i can't yeah okay so i think people should eat awful mm. because it's really full of nutrients but mm. also if you're going to eat meat you should eat the whole meat experience Meat Your ex- eyes were like, mmm. Meat experience. I um, I used to cook lamb. So, like, the animal's not going to waste? Yeah, so the animal's yeah. not going to waste and because then – because that's a lot of wastage happening mm. there and we should try to embrace eating awful more. Mm. I used to make lamb brains when I was a chef um, and they are delicious. Crumbed? Like, yeah, crumbed la- lamb brains. Are like, I've heard this. They're, like, crumbed and deep fried. They taste like chicken nuggets. Oh. It's such an awful thought. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> And like kid, steak and kidney pie and mm. um, I don't really like kidney that much, but, and liver, like we should probably eat more liver. In terms of for the iron? Or- yeah, for the iron, but also it's not wasting the animal and like yeah. people are eating like the insides of it. Um, I don't know. I just, I have this feel like awful is the future. You're you so old fashioned. I love it. You're <laughs> looking at me like, no. <laughs> I am deep down like, mm, bless you, Spicky. <laughs> she's looking at me like you sorry she put me down can you take the dog outside she's oh, no, driving she's, me crazy she's fine nah, she just puts her cuddles Stephen saying to the doggy outside we're gonna Big cut up. this out too Big up. Come on. She, she's just ignoring him she's like Come no. On. no oh sorry no, picky no. <laughs> <laughs> she's sneezing on the way out She's gone out strong. Oh, she can. Yeah, right. Take her out. Bye. <laughs> oh, why she's just gonna be like at your feet the entire time? Be like, I don't know. Looking at me like, pick me up, please. Pick me up. What are you doing, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I'm in the sun. I think yeah, that's why she, she wants came to sit in the sun. Yeah, she was like, oh, it's warmer here. She looked like she thoroughly enjoyed your cuddles, though. <laughs> All right. So okay. she worked so, in the awful place. She worked uh, in the awful sort of section and then she like pr- was promoted into the boning section. She's promoted into boning. Yeah. And then, we all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then she starts to get her, like they give her her own set of knives and they become quickly like her pride and joy. And she like sharpens them every day and she just loves them. I think that's kind of cool. Have you ever met like um, – a butcher or someone who like a fishmonger yeah and they're super into their knives mm. well i've met some of the chefs and like one of the chefs um 
from Cronulla was uh, had ordered like this special Japanese knife. Oh, like a shaman knife. It, well, it was pretty beautiful. Yeah. I, I get it. But like that paired with working in an abattoir is kind of a little creepy. Well, no, because that's your instrument, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe if you're like a jazz musician and then you're into knives, maybe I'd kind of be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> or like... A kindergarten teacher, and then you have you're this in, epic. Yeah, that's not okay. Teacher. If you're a kindergarten teacher, you can't have an interest in knives. <laughs> I think I would prefer that over like working in an abattoir with. I don't know. I don't know. It's all, it's all weird. Anyway, yeah. keep going. So she has her own knife collection, and people talk about how she used to get off and get pleasure from sort of hearing the animals die, oh! dying, oh! Um, death, being around death, being able to cut up these um, like animal corpses and she used to just sit there and nick the veins of animals just to watch them bleed. Yeah, like after they're dead and they still obviously the blood would have just oozed out. But I don't know anything about animal production. No. So I don't know how to. Look, I, and we're talking 70s as well, so they would have been cruel as fuck. Well, I don't know what their technique would have been. but I've. Mm. Mm, that's mm-hmm. distressing. And so. Why did no one go? She's a bit. Let's keep her away from the knife. Kathy, Kathy's a bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, just a little. Kathy knife. <laughs> Kathy and her knives. Yeah, Kathy knifey night. I don't know, <laughs> but she um, and so apparently she used to also get off almost more than doing stuff. The reaction people would get, like people being scared of her, and her, and sort of like how she wasn't phased by doing the things she was doing. That's and she would get off on that. Because she was getting attention. Yeah. Whereas her whole life she was asking for her mum for attention Ooh. and she didn't get it. So then she was getting negative attention. Yeah. Which reinforced her doing fucked up shit. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm not a psychiatrist. <laughs> I don't know. We're just assuming here. Yeah. Um, I've connected dots and that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. But then so she starts uh, seeing this guy who's like the new guy in town and his name is Dave David Kellett. And that's why I saw it and was like, oh, Dave. Oh, that's creepy because her dad's name is Dave. And then I realized I was on the wrong timeline. Ken Dave is the dad and Dave is the guy that she starts seeing. Okay. And his middle name is also Dave or am I? No, sorry. Okay. Like <laughs> Dave, David, Kellett. No, sorry. Wouldn't it be great okay. if his name was Dave, Dave? <laughs> Dave, Dave. Double D. Double D. What? What? <laughs> no, it's like David Kellett, but they call him Dave. Dave, at least in this sort of thing. Dave has to. Everyone knows a Dave. Davey. Everyone knows one Dave. Yeah, and they all seem to be so likable too. I've never met a Dave. Mm. Oh, I've met a Dick that's also named <laughs> Dicky Dave. Dave. Dick Dave. Dave the Dick. Dave the Dick. <laughs> but everyone knows a Dave. Yeah, that's so true. Dave O. Yeah, Dave, yeah. Davey, Dave O, David. Anyway. Yeah. What was he uh, like? So, uh, isn't David like a biblical name too? Yeah. I'm assuming. I don't know. David. I'm not religious. For a lion. <laughs> I'm staring at something. <laughs> so he, what? Did David fight a lion? Daniel, Daniel fought a lion. Daniel oh, fought a lion. Sorry. <laughs> Stephen's so disappointed right now. His eyes are like. David. King David? Have you no know mind? Of. What was he king of? He was king of the Jews. All right. <laughs> you can just be king of a things you learn on a Saturday. <laughs> you can just be king of um, a religious thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, but he was he was like short and he had like this weird sort of mushroom mullet and oh, like all the videos they actually looked super cute. Like she was this tall sort of 
redhead. She was fiery. She was kind of attractive, but like not stereotypically attractive. Okay. I, I mean, this is going from my sort of subjectivity of like what beauty is, but she, uh, yeah, like she also had like they called it this sort of shaggy dog in the 70s, which was kind of like a female mullet, but oh. it had a lot more up top. Okay. So, so it was sort of long and thin at the back, but up to I actually got one when I was 14 and it was horrible because I just wanted like special layers and she gave me this shaggy dog and I was like, oh, I hate my hair. And my mom was like, oh, it's the shaggy dog. It was all the rave in the 70s. I was like, fuck off. I don't want to look from the <laughs> 70s. This is 2006. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, and she was tall. And so like he literally came up to her breasts like that's how short he was, and there's this really cute Dave's sort of home videos. Dave. Okay. Yeah, uh, and they're sort of just ah, uh, they just look so in love and so Aww. obsessed with each other. It's really sweet, and that's you know cute. they say opposites attract, and that was the one sort of thing that everyone said is that they were just so in love. You wouldn't think it by looking at them, but they just got along so well. Um, and then they he, he was her first sexual partner, and. Oh. Uh, Layla, the author again, was saying that they just fell for it like hard and fast, and they were again like root rabbits. And you I kind love of this term you've, <laughs> you've, you've never heard I, of it before. Root I've rabbits. Never heard someone what? say root rabbits in my life. No way. And I feel posh, and I'm definitely not posh. <laughs> well, root, I'm. I'm sorry, yeah, Queensland. I'm, I'm, Keep going. <laughs> I'm kind of a bergen sometimes. Um, root rabbits. Yeah, and you would say they're going at it like rabbits because they just. You know, I'm just imagining. What are you doing on my couch right now? She's just humping. <laughs> She's humping the air. Well, I, I swear, people, you know this term. You're with me, right? Miss Hard co- Concrete Ginger Nut Cookies over here. <laughs> Nutella on a Weebix. I'm never going to look at you this day. No, I'm kidding. I love you <laughs> so much. Okay, so they're, they're getting down. Uh, so they're getting down. Yeah. And again, it's the 70s and they're just super obsessive and drinking and partying and having sex just all the time. Mm. Um, I know. It sounds I'm not good, mad right? at it. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't hating. <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah. Go on. Honestly. And then so uh, one mm, sort of day he just wakes up and he's like, mm, I've proposed to her. Okay, that's a thing. So then they get married. Yeah. And they're like, so I think they're 18 or 19. Maybe oh, 18 when they get married. No. Yeah, pretty young. But that's so sort of how it was back like, then. When they as were well. like teenagers, they were like, mm. right. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, that's 17, just your hormones telling you to do that. And then 18, 19, they got married. Well, oh. she got married. I actually don't know the age difference between the two of them or if they're the same age. Um, but if anything, they were probably a couple of years apart. Um, but. Yeah, so then this is a weird thing. On they get married and their relationship has been like peaches and cream up until now, where it's all sweet, no sort of sign of violence or anything. But uh it was told that she did have a temper and like, oh, that's another thing as well. When they're like videos, home videos, they're like fully like fighting and like wrestling each other in the yard too, which is kind of cute. And you do that sort of with your siblings and that. Uh but at the same time, it's like, mm, that's a little something there, like that you don't see every day. I don't know. <laughs> I'd wrestle Stephen if he wasn't yeah. six foot five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big he would size difference. Kill me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I I'm mean, kind of like that. Like, I'm a little like, I jump at Stephen and yeah. hope he catches me. <laughs> Look, I have been like, I am pretty like wild sometimes, but I think my partner's just so like, chill. <laughs> yeah (laughs) and just not my energy level so like I kind of can't do that otherwise I'll hurt him because I have too much energy I'm a rabbit 
<laughs> and so like I'm just gonna keep bringing it back in yeah. um you make so, it a thing yeah <laughs> bring in rabbit back root rabbits um and so he um yeah he wakes up on the night of their wedding and Catherine's over the top of him strangling him because she's furious that they didn't have sex five times and she was what? told yeah she was told that on the wedding night of her parents they had sex five times and she thought you had to do that and it meant that it was a good marriage and whatever else and because That's I didn't. That's a weird superstition to have. It's really weird. Most people don't have sex on their wedding nights. Really? Yeah. You're, do you know how exhausting weddings are? <laughs> top- I mean, I've been to one, but I feel like I'd get kind of woozy drunk and I'd be like, let's go at it. I think it's you've like planned for something night. for like two, three years yeah. and you've been planning and then you get to the night and then you're like, Fuck, it's just like, let's just get it done. Don't touch me. I don't want to be touched. I'm full of food and cake. <laughs> I feel like I would, I don't know. A lot Who people, knows? I don't think that's a thing. I Like, ain't no shame. You do you. But, you know. <sighs> well, I mean, like, I think in terms of like religious. Um, so yeah, you've got to consummate. I don't know if they're religious. The, yeah, consummate the winning. And, and yeah, no, you don't uh, have to. I'm pretty sure I heard in Greece somewhere that they actually like add the, both of the mothers of like the bride and the groom-to-be, they actually make the bed the mattress that they're meant to like Ugh. yeah i don't, don't know I think no i'm pretty sure it is i don't want to like upset an entire like population but i don't think anyone agrees she's listening to this podcast but I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah probably not i don't think anyone <laughs> next door if you are kalimera which is good morning kalimita which is good night uh Denver. oh my favorite thing is hello is yasu Yasu. Not that you have to say it with that sort of inflection, but <laughs> uh, when I was 16, walking around in Greece, I'd be like, Yasu, Yasu. And they're like, like why is everyone looking at me so strange? Like looking at you like, we speak English. Yeah. And, or they're like, it would be the reverse. It'd be like someone walking around going, hello, hello. <laughs> right? Like, stupid. We'd all be like, cool. That person what? has problems. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then that's like a red flag for him. And he's like, okay, this is a bit weird. And then... Um, she gets to 20 and she falls pregnant and then she starts getting a whiff of like, Oh, I think he might be cheating on me. And it turns out he, he has, he, which is totally bad on his behalf. And, um, but at the same time, how many abattoir workers are there that are female <laughs> in this town? I don't know if she was an abattoir worker. Where or are you meeting these women? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, they sort of got together, and and so he's got his, his side girl, and Ugh. and she starts to get like really furious, uh, and they have fights, and then uh, while she pregnant? gives birth, yeah, I think so. Um, wow, that's but, like, crazy. Maybe not so like super violent, but maybe more sort of verbal, but. She gives birth to Melissa in 1976 mm. and at the age of 20 and uh, he, six weeks later, she almost stabs him with a broken bottle. Oh. Yeah, they're having another fight. And it, it, again, it's because she's super jealous and she's super obsessive. But the thing is, she is only when it suits her. Like she basically wants everything the way she wants it and when someone goes against what she wants that's when she's always flipped the switch wow so and like family members david's sister sandy would say like you know she would be so happy one minute and she'd be walking around the house humming and the next minute she would just fly into a temper and when she was angry she would get this strength about her that she could pick david up and just throw him across the room oh like my god absolute 
uh, like unhuman sort of strength that she That is so crazy. Yeah. And and so like she then um yeah, so when she almost stabs him with a bottle, as you would, you'd be like, I'm getting out of here. So he fled, like flees to Queensland with his girlfriend. Wow. And, of course, this is not happy times for Catherine. She loses the plot and she's uh, – people say that she goes into town in July, which is sort of like a couple of weeks later. Melissa's only 12 weeks old at this stage or 10 weeks old. She's in a pram and she's like – viciously swinging this pram to and fro, like, in the middle of this, like, street. Oh, my God. she's, like, hysterical and she's, like, screaming and yelling. And then people say it's almost as if at one point she was going to, like, just push the pram out into the middle of traffic. Anyway, so the police are called and they put her into a psychiatric ward and the baby goes to stay with the mum, Barbara. Uh, And then two weeks... Which, like, is probably not a... Good solution, because Barbara. I fucking know. That's what I thought. I was like, great, give it to Barbara, who's yeah. like has a real great track record with kids. Do like, do they think that? Like, I guess it's like the seventies mm. at this point, right? It's like eighties, yeah. seventies. So and I guess that's like, yeah, post you discipline your kids. Depression. Yeah, you know? yeah. So she, um. Yeah, and then she's in the psych ward for like two weeks and then they release her. Oh, just cash. Yeah. That's like holidays in the psych ward. Yeah. But this is also like really depressing as well that they didn't, the mental health system had a lot to learn back then as well because, I mean, this was still at the time where um, lobotomies were legal, uh, electroshock therapy was legal. This is the active methods that they were using to treat schizophrenia and other sort of debilitating mental illnesses oh my God. and it was really horrible and so they had a lot to to go uh so they treated her with antidepressants and they set her out okay and she was like okay good to go home uh and then she goes to um she's out for not that long maybe a couple of days and again she's out in the town with baby melissa and she goes to a train track where there's meant to be this train that arrives in a couple of minutes and she just puts melissa down <gasps> on the train track no and walks away it just walks, walks away doesn't look back walks away so lucky that oh she didn't realize God. at the time there was a shop owner who had seen her do this and this shop owner ran out and picked up the baby just seconds before the train was going to run over this whole tiny baby Lee shit yeah and then she goes home and she's in the backyard and she grabs her axe and she just starts wildly waving this axe around her head and just screaming and yelling and then the neighbors must have called it in and again the you know the police called and she goes to a psych ward but this time she uh at like sort of um what do you call it when you sign yourself out? Like she sort of admits herself out or oh, whatever you I call don't it. know like what she, that is, but yeah, she sort of just signs herself out yeah. that same day. And oh, they I went like, can you do that? Look, I don't know. Again, 1970s, they had a lot to go. Yeah. Like they had a lot to learn, but she signed herself out. And I'm assuming also because she had this sort of like split side to her that she could, and it sort of echoes in, in, in later stories where she would, do something horrible and then she would flip the switch and be like, oh, I'm so sorry and had this sweet sort of nature that would come out. Oh, so she's but like, it was Yeah, so she would have probably been like, I'm totally fine, like trying to play the sane card. And then okay. she let herself out. Less than 24 hours later, she uh, goes to the neighbour's house and mm. she's like, 
you need to drive me and my baby to hospital because my baby's sick. And they're like, oh, crap, like any neighbor would. And they drive over to her house. She goes inside and the teenage daughter follows her going to get Melissa out of the crib. But I think Melissa is uh, still at Barbara's house at this time. And instead of... um, you know, presenting this baby, she's got a knife and she starts chasing the teenager around the house with this knife. And the teacher, teenager is like scared out of her wits and she ends up slashing her face oh my God. outside. And then she goes to the car and she basically holds this family sort of um, like hijacks the car and was like, oh my God. you have to drive me to David's house because I'm going to kill David, like um, David's mum's house, Florence. I'm going to kill Florence. his mum's. Yeah, Florence she's the it. sweetest old lady Florence too. Florence hasn't done shit. No. And because she obviously, look, obviously you would have been furious if the love of your life, you had a child too, the baby's still an act, like tiny baby and they fled with a new girlfriend. You would be pretty distraught. Yeah. But I don't think this is next level, like, you know, anyway, so. You're going to like slash some random teenage girl's face. I know. When what I was you like, do what? In this situation. Uh, is you get Stella gr- gets your groove back kind of style situation going on where you go to Jamaica and find yourself a hot man. Yeah. Yeah. Because that movie is very truthful. Gosh. Uh, it's just so You don't crazy. like. It's just so, it's such an overreaction to. Yeah. And. Massive. Just like the system's failing her because they're like letting her go. But again. When anything went wrong in her parents' life, their only reaction was to get violent and to get um, irrational and angry and whatever else. So she – and also they were saying because she'd shut down at such a young age, she didn't really develop the same sort of emotional responses to things like normal kids would, empathy. Oh, my God. um, Love, family, trust, all of those sort of emotions. So she's pretty much sort of just got – an on switch and sort of a, a like a, a happy switch. Like, so she has those two sort of different phases and not much in between. Wow. Um, so imagine when she's happy and when she's love and sexed up and everything. It's like would have been super intense. And then when she's angry, that level of frustration, whatever, would have been just, just as super intense. Oh my god. Um, but so um, yeah. Luckily, they convince her to stop at a petrol station on the way to the house because the <laughs> son is asthmatic. So he gets out, he alerts the police, the police come, and she's in the petrol station like wildly waving around this metal pole trying to hit the petrol station attendant. And Aww. again, they don't charge her. She ends up in uh, the psychiatric hospital again. For how long this time? Uh, I would say I think a couple of weeks. But by this time... David, that's in Queensland, he sort of hears the news and he's not so happy with his current girlfriend. So, and at this time she's pregnant and has had a baby. Oh no, that math doesn't work out. She would have been pregnant, I think. Oh. Uh, Yeah. And then he just basically leaves this girl in Queensland. So David doesn't know what a condom is or? (laughs) It's the 70s. Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) So he just leaves her in Queensland. Yeah, they probably would have had like shower methods. Or like, What's a shower method? I don't know. I've heard things where like people have sex in the shower when the girl's on the period for a chance of not getting pregnant. You've heard those things, right? <laughs> okay. I didn't know that was a thing. I don't know. Maybe oh, it's, right. I don't know where it's coming from. Uh, anyway, so he uh, feels guilty and then he comes back. Yeah. He, he speaks to his mum on the phone with Florence, which makes her such a super awesome person that – 
she had found out that her daughter-in-law basically had planned this plot to kill her. Yeah. And then David and her talk and they're like, let's, you know, come back. Let's get her out of the psych ward. We'll take her into our care. Like that's a super awesome person to have someone want to kill you and want to take care of them. And then so uh, David uh, and uh, Florence pick her up from the hospital and Which then, they shouldn't have done. Really. I know, I know, I know. I was just thinking like, oh, Leave her anyway. in there. So they went to Barbara's house to pick up Melissa, mm-hmm. which is Catherine's mum. Yeah. And so David's in the car, Catherine sort of goes inside and Florence is in the backseat of the car. And Barbara comes out. She's this tiny, she's smaller than David. She's like this tiny little thing with grey hair and waddles over. And she starts choking the crap out of David who's in the like through the window as he's in the car and like almost going to kill him like he could have died in that moment because and he didn't fight back and he didn't do anything he just kept his hands on the steering wheel and Paul Florence is in the back being like oh Oh this crazy family (laughs) and then Catherine comes out of the house and sees her mum and she like basically gets her fist and just smashes her in the back of the head. The mum gets knocked out, is on the ground. And David and Florence, because she's like telling this story, she's like, yeah, and it like pretty much saved David's life, Catherine doing that. And you just imagine What is happening right now? All of this is madness. (laughs) My son was just getting choked. This woman's just punched her mum in the back of the head. She's on the ground. What is this? And yeah. So then they, they go back home. And, uh, you know, they're sort of living together again and uh, I'm trying to think of the next. I might have to refer and to they're the like, timeline here. Um, with baby Melissa. So they have custody of their child. Yeah, so they have custody um, and everything sort of seems to be fine. Because after that incident, <laughs> how could things not be fine? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I just don't know what would have gone through David's um mum's head it's a bit crazy uh oh yeah so uh then they decide they sort of want a fresh start so they move to Queensland to Woodridge in Queensland and she gets a job near Brisbane and abattoir and he gets a job yeah of course because why have a career change I know just keep doing the thing you love I know and then uh he gets a job uh working as a truck driver yep and then he plans a surprise 21st for her and this is oh like God, a really she's sweet only night. like 21. I know. And they have so like much this, has happened. <laughs> I know. I know. And I haven't even gotten to like the actual thing. I'm like, how long have we been going for, Stephen? Wow. wow. Okay, it's going to be a long episode, but. Um, wow. Okay. All right, keep going. I apologize. So, uh, yeah. So, um, they're in Queensland. He's organized a surprise party and she feels like an absolute princess and she's just kissing him the whole night and everything's super, super sweet and peaches and cream and everything. And they're super in love again. But then not long after that, uh, things start getting on the rocks and they start sort of fighting again. They start, um, sort of, uh, getting, uh, like having arguments and stuff. And then, um, she starts again being obsessive and thinking that he's sort of having an affair or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the sister comes to stay with them. Sandy comes to stay because she got along quite well with Catherine. Uh, and she recounts a memory that she heard Melissa crying 
and like mm. like really really badly crying this sort of she would have been like a toddler at the time and she goes into the bathroom where this baby's crying and Catherine's standing there holding Melissa under the boiling water tap. <gasps> Why? Just for, because she just got she off on shit like that. needs to like not have a <sighs> child. I know. And I, this is one of the saddest things as well. Like ugh, all of the kids involved in these stories. But so then uh, she, um, Sandy tells David and David says to her, don't say anything to Catherine tonight she will most likely kill you in your sleep and then kill me. So like he was starting to get scared of her and how violent she was. And apparently she was threatening people with her knives and she became super obsessive when they were at Queensland and she would hang the knives, her set above her bed. And why? Florence was like, why do you need knives? And she was like, mm, in case I need them, they're there in case I need them. And need them for what? Yeah. I don't know. What are you doing? Making sashimi? <laughs> Just by your I'm bed. obsessed with food. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. Um, Rihanna's so used to be a chef though too. So. Yeah, but like that's it. That's she's cool just fact. like cutting. Oh, it just all of it is uh, distressing. All of this is distressing. Super distressing. But she, oh, Melissa, did she uh, turn out okay? Is she okay? I don't know. I couldn't find anything about these kids. Oh, I Melissa. just knew she had them. Oh, Ugh. I hope she's okay. I hope she's like yeah, like this, like I don't know, awesome job and awesome Supreme Court justice. I don't yeah. know if that's me in this country, but I'm sure it is. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But she, so uh, then uh, David finds Catherine in bed with another man. <gasps> Catherine. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, I mean, he was doing it too. Yeah, but like, don't, don't, just. Not in your bed. Everyone stop doing it. Don't shit where you eat or where you make sashimi. <laughs> like, don't what? shit where you make sashimi. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And so, like. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. Don't shit where you eat the I feel like I'm getting delusional. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, so, um, also alliteration too. That's just great. Yeah. So anyway, so she uh, basically um, uh, she's sleeping with this other guy. Yeah, and then what she is- begs for another chance. And she's like, "Give me another chance. I love you." No, blah, blah, blah. that would be such an escape route for him. I know. I know. Like, I'm out. I have to go now. Oh I no! Know. So sad of you, it's so murderer. frustrating because just ugh, how they just—I don't know. But apparently, when she gets with uh, future partners, that they um, they both they all say that they kept going back because apparently she's fantastic in bed. Like the sex was that good that they would still come back. I'm like, sex can't be that good. I've never had sex so good that's made me forget about your knife collection. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I fucking agree. Just like staring at it being like, oh no. I would totally settle for seconds. If that was the best sex of your life, I'd be like, mm, you shouldn't date- pretty sure I'd be safer with this second here. You shouldn't like, date someone who's the best sex of your life because yeah. that person's gross. I know. They're always the worst. They're always the worst person. Unless they're like our partners and yes. We cover, have them in there. Nice cover up, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and they're the best. You just gave me a thumbs up. Just so unsettling. <laughs> you walked baby. right into that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. Uh, so, uh, and then that he falls for her, like, I'm sorry, give me one more chance, kind of like flip the switch sort of act that she pulls on him. And then they decide to move because moving fixes everything, right? So they yeah. move to Lansborough, which I'm assuming is in Queensland also. Um, I have no idea. I don't know. It sounds like a super Queensland name. Yeah. Maryborough. Like- Lansborough. Lansborough. 
So they moved there together and there. Stephen's going to bring it up on the big screen right now. He wasn't paying attention. <laughs> That's right. This is a long episode. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> Stephen's talking it. about cake. <laughs> I'm going to try and fast forward some of the like other sort okay. of points along so the way. So they moved to Lansborough. So they moved to Lansborough and she convinces him to have a second child. Ugh. How old's Melissa at this point? Uh, Melissa's probably like, oh, fuck, 1976. 1980s, so like four. She's probably like four or five. Okay, that's not a crazy um, age gap. So then uh, he also becomes even more increasingly scared to be around her and <gasps> scared for his safety um, oh and for good God. reason because uh, he comes home one night. So he is out drinking. Um, Ooh, oh, here we go. Barra. So Stephen's – yeah, Brian Allen. just okay, south so of the Sunshine south Coast. Ooh, West of Sunshine Coast. Oh, there you go. Lansborough. Cool. There you go. So um, she uh, basically, uh, yeah. So David's playing darts one night. He makes the finals. He's at the pub. He's drinking. Yeah. Yeah. He's into darts. Darts. Daddy Dave. Daddy Daddy. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Daddy Dave. <laughs> and so he comes home one night and he's late. And this is apparently one of the worst things for Catherine, like men being home late. Like it means okay. you're up to mischief, 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 mischief. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> he is not greeted with a loving hug and instead a skillet at the back of his head. Oh, God. Yeah, fractures his It looks good skull. in Tom and Jerry, <laughs> but it's not in real life. It, without the sound effects. So, <laughs> so like... Yeah. Crazy that he would stay with somebody. I knew. And who so. He was so afraid of. I know. And and this is the thing, like, uh, they must have had, like, uh, also, when people sort of, um, like, uh, sort of glamorize toxic relationships, like, I love, we all love that song, I Love the Way You Lie. Yeah. But there's some pretty horrific lyric in there where Eminem basically is like, uh, and if you ever try to leave, I'm going to tie you to the bed and set the house on fire. That's troubling. That's super troubling. But it sort of, uh, and I know there were songs in those sort of like that era, like 2010, 2011, that sort of, yeah, glamorized this, we're so in love and it's this, oh, uh, like s- extreme love where you love each other and then you hate each other extreme. But it's toxic and it's dysfunctional. And it's and not good. And po- no. And like... I feel like anyone, like, this is such a, a kind of a example of how men can get into toxic relationships mm. like this as well with women. And, mm. like, it must be really, it must have been so hard for him mm. to leave and it must be mm. so hard for him to be so afraid of that she mm. might kill him. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was thinking all the time. Yeah. And he must have been so scared. And, like, yes, he cheated on her. Don't get me mm. wrong. He's done a bad thing and left but a woman. But not enough to be, like, killed or. But, like, you mm. just, if you don't want to be with somebody anymore yeah you have you mm. can just go mm. it's fine to go just go and I, I think it also must be a sign that her side when she would be so pleading and, and begging and so nice and sweet must have been a real trap for them you know Ugh. bees to honey because she could do it so well and I think also the lure of sex and and sort of pulling them back into that. And then yeah. it's just a sort of vicious cycle that just repeats. Oh, poor Dave. Yeah. And so um, 
he goes to a neighbor's house and the neighbor's like, yeah, he's like covered in blood. Oh my he's God. He's in hospital for a week. And then he finds out that while he was playing darts, she had taken all his clothes and belts and shoes and stuff and burnt them in the bathtub. So the only clothing. And then you can never use that bathtub again. No. <laughs> so I was thinking that. I was like, what would happen to the ceramics? Sort of, or was it like a porcelain bathtub? I guess it would kind of be safe. It would just like sort of. Ages to clean. I know. Just take it outside. I guess she wasn't trying to start bushfires, which is very important. I feel like that would kind of be the safest spot to do it or maybe in the shower or something. But anyway, so he – and then they're still back together. They have their second child. It's still very violent. I'm kind of rushing through this. No, keep going. um, The key point is that uh, he gets a job at like a a furniture trucking company and he's like sort of on the road a lot more – and one night she, and this causes a lot of stress and anxiety for her. One night she again uh, wakes up and she's like threatened to like stab him. She's over oh him God. threatening to like stab him, which is scary because this is how she ended up killing John Price later down the track. Yeah. Um, and she's like, you, all you truckers, you have a girl in every town. I know you're just like that, blah, blah, blah. And he sort of has to like calm her down. And then anyway... Uh, it still remains a stress and a point of anxiety for their relationship because she's still like super paranoid that he's, when he's away, he's with other women and it just gets too much for her. And one day he comes home from a job and everything's gone. The kid's gone. She's packed up all the house, everything. She just disappears. And then Dave has to start from zero. Yeah. But I think he would kind of be like, I fucking dodged a a bullet. Like, well, yeah, but then he hasn't got his kids. And-, and see, this is the thing, though. Like, she could never be the one to be let go of. Like, she could choose when she wanted to ditch someone, but they could not choose when they wanted to ditch her. Oh, my God. Because it comes back to only when it's ready for her and what she wants. And anyone who sort of goes against that, she'll come at them. Uh, anyway, so then we fast forward and she moves back to Aberdeen where her family is and she's still working at the abattoir and she meets this guy, Dave Saunders. So another Dave and he fits the pattern and the type to a tease, the same sort of rough drinker, really Aussie sort of stereotypical bloke. Yeah. Uh, he's a hard worker and their relationship, they end up having a child together as well. Okay. Uh, a, a little girl in 1988, she I think. She shouldn't be having kids. She sounds yeah, awful. I know. But they're, they're together for quite a while. I think like seven years, but it's sort of on the rocks the whole time. Yeah. And they're very abusive and they would beat each other up and wow. very violent. I know. It was just, it's really, really horrible. But again, this is how she thinks relationships are. This is how she thinks they work or... Like, again, you if you've never seen your parents kiss and cuddle and settle things just by a conversation, yeah. they f- settled stuff with fists and that was it. That's so awful. Super awful. And so then Saunders gets really friggin' scared because uh, one night similar thing happens. He comes home late from the pub and she's there with fucking iron and she just whacks him on the oh. face and he's got burn mark from the <gasps> iron that was on. It was on? Face. It was on. She was sitting there ironing, just waiting for him to come home. Oh. And then she grabs him by the arm and she's like wrestling him in the lounge room and she's trying to cave his head in with the oh iron. Oh, my God. Super insane. And then he's like, fuck this, bitch. And he never and went to the police? No, not that I've sort of come across, but it was more that he tried to leave and go stay at mate's house, but she was super p- 
persisted and she wouldn't let him go. And so one time in late 80s, early 90s, he just got that fed up with it and that scared. He said he was taking long service leave to find a friend and he didn't. He just nicked off to Newcastle and hid and he never came back. Okay. Because that was his own chance. And so... I have to say, sorry. Again, oh, you're right. She's furious and she's running around town trying to find him and this sort of goes on for like maybe a year or so. And then while she's in amongst that, she meets this other guy and we don't know the name of this guy that I've come across. He's like the hookup. I've called him in my book, the hookup. And they're only together for about 11 months before she falls pregnant and she has a baby boy. And yep. her first and only boy. And again, it sort of becomes a bit violent and it gets on the rocks and she's just not having it. And she's just poos and she leaves him with the kids and she just takes all off. of her kids. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> I'm assuming so, but I haven't, but I was also like, thank fuck. They would probably have a better upbringing. Hopefully. This guy. Well, I would hope. I don't know. He, and then he tried to chase her. So like when she, what she had experienced from the, previous two Daves this guy it was sort of reverse he felt sort of what she had felt and he was going around town trying to find her but by the time he found her a couple of years later she was in a relationship with John Price okay so we get to number four who is so at this point she's had four kids they're now with the hookup guy and so she is with John Price and she falls madly in love with this guy and he he's quite attractive. Like when I see these photos of him, I'm like, he's he's a very attractive looking man. He's got this lovely sort of brown skin of working out in the hot Australian sun for years and years. And okay. he he sounded like I know that's a really annoying phrase that you always hear. He was a top bloke or he's a stand up guy. Yeah. Um, but this is sort of the the sentiments that echoed around him and that yeah, oh, and we're seeing a picture of him yeah. and he's got his oh, okay. Cobra on and he's in work gear. He's quite... He's quite attractive, yeah, I think. he's tanned. Um, he's got really dark brown eyes. Yeah. He's... um, Yeah, he's not someone I would date, but, yeah, but he's, he, he's bloke looking. And at the time when they were dating, they met in 1993 and they were both 38 and he had an ex-wife and three kids, which he adored. He just seemed like uh, a, an all-round sort of like mm, good, honest person. Yeah. Which seems kind of interesting that he was with Catherine, who was sort of – and the kids, like when the kids talk about her and what it was like sort of growing up with her for a couple of years, uh, she was a strange woman. And that like his daughter Rebecca says that, she was good for dad in some ways, but then she was bad for dad in some ways. And she okay. just did a lot of strange things. Like she, when she was driving with the kids in the car, mind you, she would swerve to hit a dog that would come on the road. Oh, my God. Don't, yeah. Oh. To hit, not to avoid, to hit. That's so and traumatizing. And like, Kathy, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I don't like dogs. Oh, dog. That reminds me, I have to backtrack. It's like really horrible. Sorry, with Saunders. Okay, so we're going back like 10 years ago. Yeah. Back to Saunders, the second guy. One night when they had the big fight that led him to take high, like to flee and go to Newcastle. Yeah. They had a massive fight. She goes out into the backyard and gets his dingo pup. He had a dingo puppy. Oh, no. No, and Sam, no. And she slashes his throat. Why? Yeah, and he comes out and he just watches his puppy die in her arms. And so after that, he tries to be like, I'm going to try and play it cool that 
she's not going to kill me. And then he leaves to Newcastle and that happens. Oh. I can't believe I forgot that. That was so traumatising. Oh. I tried to black it out of my head. Okay, anyway, so she's... Have you seen a picture of the dingo? I don't want to picture it. The puppy. Yeah. Anyway, so we're back in the 90s and they're sort of late 30s and... She, you know, they get into about 18 months and she starts to get really serious for him and she wants him to propose to her. And okay. Pricey, they call him, is like, <laughs> look, it's just sex. That's what it is. You sort of should get used to it. Which is kind of like, ooh, to hear. Pricey. But at least he was sort of uh, John Price. This is Yeah, no, but yeah. I know. But that's, I, Look, that's a shit thing for anyone to hear, but at least he's being upfront about it. Was she living with him? She wasn't actually living, like, they didn't own a place together at all the whole time they were living uh, together, but she lived at his house all the time. Like, she practically lived there. He didn't want her to, but she sort of just would okay. make it like her home. But they lived separately. And he's just like, it's just sex. And Yeah, and he's sort of putting up with it. Um, maybe, you know, it was lonely and it was, like, intimacy and, and the comfort they had. Uh, but so she, uh, yeah, tries to push him into marrying her and he's like, nope, this is what it is. And she gets really quite cranky as a result of that. And they have fights and it becomes abusive and she claims that he hit her as well. And so again, the cycle repeats itself. Right. Um, and at the same time, she's sort of living at his house. She starts to binge watch horror movies and she fills his like the lounge room with horns and it's like her favorite part of the house the horns and um dead animals like taxidermied yeah exactly and like meat hooks from the ceiling from like what would have been hanging in so she just found them at work and was like do you know what probably yeah and she's just decorated her all so her house is Sorry. A bit later, uh, the the idea of like stealing from work, whatever. But the house is like, ugh, especially the lounge room. It's like her little fantasy dungeon. That's you know? so like creepy to be like. She still have the knives above her bed. Yeah. <laughs> like. Oh uh, yeah, she takes decor. them everywhere with her as well. So she would have them hanging by the bed, and then she would go out for the day, and she would take them with her. Why? And then she'd hang them up at the end of the night. Oh my god. Yeah. It's actually sure like babies. um, just from a chef's. Because when I was a chef, it's actually legal for you to take your knives unless they're padlocked. Ooh, I would believe it. Um, now, anyway, when I was an apprentice, you have to put them in your knife box and they have to be padlocked. And if you have a knife roll, that knife roll has to be like sealed at all times. Wow. Yeah. I believe it because they're weapons, right? Yeah. But I mean, I'm not sure what was the case in the 90s. Well, certainly not when, you know, she was initially doing it in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. Um, but so... Um, she starts being sort of manipulative and pretty horrible and doing some pretty shitty little things. Like she told the daughter, the youngest of the three kids, um, oh, your mum cheated on you, you're not really your dad's and all this like horrible sort of oh. mind games to sort of get back at him for not doing what she wanted. Um, and then he basically wants her out of his house because she's just... Uh, she's turned it into a creep palace. <laughs> yeah. And she's super intense and just whatever. And, and so they have a massive fight. And at one point she finds his will, which also is creepy enough. Because, I mean, you don't just leave your will hanging out. 
So she must have been gone scavenging for this yeah. piece of paper or whatever. And she sees that he's left all this money to his kids and his ex-wife. And okay. she's like, <laughs> she. I mean, look, I understand you'd probably be like, oh, you don't see me but as. But he's already told her it's just sex. Like, I know. That's the thing. She's got a fantasy world upstairs in her head where she's like, no, we're actually together. And he's like, no. Yeah. It's not what's going on. So she's so like crazy and not, you know. That's it. Like she's, um, oh, oh, I just remembered another thing that I forgot because I'm trying to rush through it because I know this is long. But back with Davy Saunders, after mm. that she slashed the pup's throat, um, she went over with shotgun to her sister's house and was like, I killed David. And she did it to sort of get the reaction from the sister because she finds it amusing when people are shocked or are scared. And then also psychologists were saying that, she would have at that point been fantasizing about killing people and particularly Dave. And so this is a part of a way of her living out that fantasy without actually having done it. You know, when you're real chill and you go to your sister's house and you're like, Hey, I killed my partner. And, <laughs> and then, she's holding a shotgun. And, she's like, holding, and you're holding a shotgun and your sister goes, cool yeah what the fuck do you say to that I, all right i'd be like i'm just gonna go in the other room real quick <laughs> yeah just gonna call the police just gonna oh look over there lock the doors Goodbye. <laughs> so and that's also creepy in itself that she's like wanting to get off on having lived out this this fantasy and and feeling as if she has actually done it and what her sister's real reaction would be that's right? so crazy uh so anyway back to price um and so she's um, – so she gets really furious and she's basically like says to him, you have to give me $10,000 to leave because <laughs> she's like, I see you've left this for your ex-wife, your kids, and she kind of knows you want me to leave kind of thing. I'll leave. You have to give me $10,000. Does blah. he have $10,000 to give her? Look, uh, I would imagine like he, do, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would have been particularly – well frugal off. or particularly well off, but would not have been um, like if he had whatever money he would have had, it would have gone to probably alcohol and smokes or something. Yeah, so but like he wasn't like splashing money. So it just means that he would have probably had a savings and, and whatever else yeah. and wasn't like very lavish or whatever. Okay. Uh, but he uh, like I think of my dad because he's not really – it's like a little bit frugal, but he's not, um, you know, he'll spend money on things that he sort of wants, but he, any sort of money, he's not just going to go out and buy a $300 shirt just because or whatever. Yeah. Like, so he's just, just like, so he, he might have access to it or at some point, but it's also like, fuck you. That's my personal will. I don't have to give you any money. What? It's also another thing that's creepy. And then of course, because he's like, now nah, stuff you, which is the response he gave her. Uh, she then went and filmed like with the video camera all of these first aid kits that he had stolen from work, she sends it to his boss and the police and gets him fired. For stealing first aid kits. <laughs> I fucking know. Why are you stealing first aid? He's stealing them. Look, I think he worked uh, in the mines or something. But still, like, not pointing any names, I know people who have taken shit from work. And it's not like I don't ever sort of, like, agree with people stealing, but... I don't know, like maybe the there's a big tin kit. of Milo like, or there's first aid kit or there's like a hose pad or something. Like it's not cool, but I do know of people who have done that before. Yeah. 
And it's just a really shit thing. Like when the, the neighbour was interviewed, she was like, oh, I just couldn't imagine you doing that to anyone. Like it's not Australian, you know what I mean? <laughs> really, it really is not Australian. <laughs> I hate to that dog your neighbours in, your person yeah. in yeah. for stealing something so trivial. Anyway, I know, that's what I mean. Just, like, fuck This is me. all just so crazy. So then, of course, he loses his job and she's like, happy because it's happened and everyone's like oh she's crazy bitch and then uh a couple of months later they end up getting back together and everyone is just blown away with the fact that he would take her back after she's done something like this and he uh you know is like sort of whatever and I don't know if it was him uh John or if it was Catherine, but it makes it more creepy if it is Catherine. But something was said to the extent of this time when he's with me, you know, when we get back together, it's till death. Oh. Right. So it's not like, well, we obviously know it's not relating to the saying of marriage because they're not going to get married because he's been super clear on that. So literal death. I just Your face feel, is like, oh, I'm I don't happy. know how to, she's just so intense. She's so intense. Like, just calm down. Never half asses anything. No. Anyway, so then it gets abusive and it and it gets pretty um, intense. And uh, he goes to work one day. This is the sun. Uh, no, okay. So the Sunday they have a massive, massive fight. This is a couple of months after they get back together, and it's that bad that the police are called. Wow. Okay, so it's bad. Yeah. So and we're assuming it wasn't by one of those. It was the neighbors. So it's enough for people to be concerned. And he goes to work the next day and he's showing his workmates all um, his, like, stab scars and things where she's actually stabbed him with a knife. What? I know. So they would have had a fight and who knows how deep it was or where it was and all the other bruises and that that she's given him. And his workmates, being stellar guys, were like, you need to go to the cops and get a DBO against her and, like, get her to stay the fuck away from you. And so, You mean an AVO? Yeah. AVO, fuck me. I even wrote in my book, I was like, DVO, that sounds about right. It's something VO. It's AVO. AVO. Uh, What's it called? I've no What's the acronym? Because it's an acronym. Like, what's the words that stands for? A. So then he, he, well, in any case, he goes to the police station and he says to, like, his boss basically to get away from this crazy bitch, like his words. And he goes to the police station and it's bad news, which is so fucking shitty. Like, if you're in a relationship and it's that bad, especially the night before having to call the cops, like someone calling the cops because it was that bad, surely yeah. they would have that as a reference point. Um, but he... Uh, they say to him, basically, we can't do anything... You, you have a court date where you can take it to court for in three weeks' time. Yeah. Oh, I just feel like we don't do enough. Like Three weeks. And he kind of left there thinking, I'm going to be dead before then. But he didn't know how true that was because that same night he was killed. Oh, my God. Like the day he went to take out this order against her, he was killed. Wow. Okay. <sighs> Which is just so shitty. It makes me so angry. Anyway, so he, uh, all his workmates were like, please, please, please don't go home tonight. Don't go home. Stay here. Uh, And he says, no, I have to because she'll take it out on me or the kids and I'd much rather it be me than the kids. Oh. Oh. 
Because she just would because she was going to go after like David's mum back way back when and what she did to her own kids. Like she has no, uh, I don't know, So he went home for his kids basically. Basically. Because if the kids came home or if she went after the kids or who knows what. But so he went home and she went to her daughter's house, Natasha, and was hanging out there and she had bought – so she was already sort of planning it. She'd bought a sexy black 90. She went over with the video camera and she was filming a kind of like last day uh, video, a family video, and she was saying things that you would sort of say if you knew you were going to die or if you were going to do something. Yeah, um, okay. Which is super creepy. And she gets home at 11.30 at night. She slips – she has a shower. She slips into the black 90 and she gets into bed next to John and they have sex and then, like a black widow, she strikes. Uh, she stabs him 37 times. Of course, her knives are within reach. She grabs a knife. And also, I would think, like, oh, fuck, she would know one was missing. I was going to say, I would try and sleep with a knife myself. So you'd be like, ah, knifey fight. You stab me with a knife. <laughs> he's just you. had sex. Like, he's not expecting no. to get stabbed. And that's it, like, that she also could just flip the switch. Oh, honey, 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 and then (coughs) sting. It's so creepy that she planned all this Mm. out and had, like, the, oh, okay. And then, oh, it gets so much worse, though, Rihanna. My gosh. So she stabbed him 37 times, and then she proceeds to mutilate his corpse. And then she skins him Ah! and of course she would have done it it would have probably been like pretty immaculately done because she's been doing this for years (laughs) not that that's any different but like she skins him and hangs his skin from the meat hook in the lounge room I also think like the logistics of that like do you go one slit on the side and then follow around I don't want to I don't okay this is I never ever I don't need to know how you take the skin off it I'm although I've like, well, I grew up on a farm. Or like resident slices? Like I just, I, I not that I need to know that. I've never like, I've never killed like a larger animal. I've, um, I grew up on a farm and we ate mm. our geese and chickens. Mm-hmm. But that is a very simple thing because it's plucking. Um, oh, that's still a bit intense. Stuff, too. which is really gross. But I've never killed like an, uh, like a larger animal like that or even known how to do that. Mm. But that's really crazy. So she's like. Hanging him up to bleed him out. Is that right? No, no, no. His skin. Oh, okay. So she's like hanging she's up his skin. Sk- hanging up the skin okay. on the meat hook. And then she cuts off his head uh. and she starts cutting bits of his flesh because the skin's off, right? Yeah. And then she starts cooking bits of his flesh. Ugh. She cuts the head that is decapitated. She puts in a massive pot on the stove and she begins to boil the head. And when the police officers find like come to this horrific, gory sort of crime scene the next day, they find the head still cooking in there with gravy and vegetables. Ew. What that would have smelt like too. Like would it have been well, apparently, a good smell or a bad smell? I hear on the download this is so bad. Oh. But apparently um, human meat is very close to pork. Oh, yeah. how do you know that? I don't know if that's real or if that's just like something I've oh. heard but that's just something I've heard along the way Man, and you're just into casual cannibalism <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing casual about cannibalism mm. and this is the thing so as well, was like- she planning to eat him 
look, they like some people call her like the cannibal killer or whatever, which I don't think is that um, accurate because she never intended to kill him or at least from the crime scene. She was basically just doing all of this stuff for the pure shock of it. And I think also knowing that people were going to have to discover this scene and getting off on that. So it was the shock. It wasn't like, oh, I love and I want to eat this human meat or anything. It was just like sort of the shock of what she was doing and how she could top skinning him. I'll cut off his head and then I'll do this. And anyway, so she cooks parts of his um, body. Oh, the head's in the stove with the gravy and the veggies. And then she cooks some of his like bits of his buttocks. Ew. And she serves it on a plate with vegetables and gravy and she puts it on the table and she has like name cards for each of the kids. Ew. So like as if they were going to eat, like she was going to serve their dad to them. Oh, my God. Ugh. Ugh. And then, so there's just blood and stuff all around the house. It would have been, again, just an absolute horror house to walk into. And then... She, like, finds photos of two of the kids. He has three kids. For some reason, only the two kids, she was, like, stabbing all of their photos. Like, anyway, and then she goes to the room and she takes a whole bunch of pills and she passes out. So then the next day, because this all would have been happening sort of throughout the night, right? Yeah. Like 11.30, 12.30, say 1 a.m. through till 5 in the morning or whatever. And John is always like religiously early to work. And so as soon as the workmates notice he wasn't there, it wasn't like, we'll wait an hour, we'll wait that. They just were like, something's wrong. So they were calling his house over and over and over again. No answer. So they called the police. The police turned up, they raided the house and they found this horrific crime scene. All the neighbours and, of course, family members, small town, they're sort of out the front going, what's going on? <laughs> I love that small town. Good. Uh, when Gossipy I, as fuck. Yeah, just need to go look at my neighbour's house. <laughs> oh, what's going on here, Judy? What'd you know? What's going on here? <laughs> when um, there was like a firework factory that blew up. Oh, um, wow. That would have been fun. A town over from us. And Did it be like... It, the sky thing? was bright red. Wow. And instead of being scared of it... Everyone in my hometown got in their cars and drove towards it because we're all As you idiots. Do. Because oh, gosh, you like know, I love a name. I love gossip. Yeah, I love a little knowledge. Yeah. I want to yeah. know what's happening. You know what's really funny? This is a side note. Uh, we like uh, if you're thinking of like sort of character um, sort of types. Yeah. Um, in Australian television. Uh, we sort of came up with the first sort of character that was the nosy neighbour. Oh, yeah. What was her name from Home and Away? Oh, she went, um, oh what's going on here? Uh, Colleen, Col- wasn't it? Yes. Was it? Yes, I think it is Colleen. And so sure. we had this nosy neighbour and, yeah. like, this is what it stemmed from. People were, oh, hey, Dory, what's going on Because it's there? so you come true. Out and you got you to, like, look what's going on. And so half the town was out sort of looking what's going on and then they find her passed out. She's not dead. She's just totally out of it. Uh, and they sort of carry Catherine out. And one of the neighbours said to Rosemary, who's the eldest daughter of John, said... Oh, Rosemary. I know, right? That's a bit... It's mm. a good name. <laughs> yeah. Or I was going to say Rosemary's baby. Um, oh, <laughs> I didn't even go there. Oh. And so um, the neighbour said, I don't care what people say, she walked out of there as sane as you or I. And she basically sort of knew what she'd done. And then she said that she didn't look anyone. She just looked at, she caught the eye of um, John's son. 
and smirked at him. Ew! I know! That's such a shit move. I know! What a dick. And then so she gets taken away and she's in custody and she pretends like she doesn't know what's going on and doesn't know what happened and, of course, she did. And then slowly but surely after sort of days of interrogation, she starts admitting to all of this stuff and they ask her more questions. Um, And then now she's in prison and... She, in 2001, she was sentenced and she's the first, I know she's the only woman, but she's certainly the first woman in Australia to be sent to life in prison without parole. Whoa. Like she was given a death sentence. She's going to die in prison. That That's, is crazy. Yeah. But good, great. Stay in prison. She, she's someone you can't have out in society. She is not no, okay. No. She's had a lot of problems. Nope. And, like, she is in a high-security prison in Silverwater, New <gasps> South Wales. I know Silverwater. Road trip. Uh, fuck no, Sam. <laughs> we are not going to Silverwater for funsies. <laughs> Maybe. No, we're, we're not going. Jack. Stephen, tell her. <laughs> <laughs> Just bring your knife collection, Rihanna. I don't, want to bring we'll my, I don't have a knife collection. <laughs> I'm a normal person. <laughs> but, so, she... Uh, yeah, and so she's living in this high-security prison. She's a Category 5 prisoner, which is like the highest category you can get. She oh. will never be demoted. It basically means you have to be sort of watched at all times. You can't share a cellmate with anyone yet, basically. She just can't be. Yeah. And they all have like sort of jobs in prison as well, and she works, this I found really weird, in a headphone factory. So what? she makes headphones from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. every day. She'll get out and she loves her work. And apparently they reckon that she's like the best, hardest worker, which is the, uh, which is the same as what people were saying about her in the abattoir. She's a hard worker. So she doesn't do anything half-assed. And so then at 1 o'clock she goes home and retires to a room and just chills out for a little bit. And, of course, <laughs> she's not allowed anywhere near a kitchen or to do any duties in the kitchen. So they had to find something for her. But when she works in the factory, she has four prison guards watching her every move because they just can't trust her with anything. And they have to keep her away from certain objects and shut objects oh and everything else. And uh, But apparently she's like Queen Bee in prison. Like everyone loves her. And which is, I find just so bizarre. But That's she's a like weird. a nana now and they call her the nana. And she's the peacekeeper. Like women, other women will like have fight in prison and she'll come up and try and stifle it. And because she doesn't want them to get any jail charges, which adds time to your prison sentence mm. or to hurt one another or to get in segro. They call it, I love it, segro. Ah, cut that out. You don't want to go to segro, segregation. Oh, like okay. In isolation basically. Right, okay. Um, and so she's like, I don't know what it is, but you just like having, because I read this article first and it just sounded so like, happy and everything was lovely and then I read her life story again from having watched it when I was like younger this and I'm just like this is just two different worlds I just can't seem to fit together it's just so crazy and um she organizes a weekly like social get together with all the prisoners she organizes all the food like I, I was thinking like probably it's gonna be like someone else cuts up whatever and <laughs> she just gets packets of chips or whatever and puts it on a plate she's the packet of chips yeah lady. like the food has been prepared and she sort of sets it up but she organizes it so that all the girls can sort of stay together and to keep the peace and so that everyone's sort of friendly and on good terms and it's just so bizarre that she's like found and oh this is another thing she's like a really amazing artist she no. started to take up knitting she's 
amazing with anything. She can paint, crayon, pencil. She's actually sold her art online, like through the prison. They've sort of filtered it out and they've sold it as part of a charity. So there are people out there with her artwork hanging on their wall. And of course she doesn't sign it. And she claims she will never sign her artwork because she doesn't want some sick person buying her artwork just for the sake of its own by killer. But my exact thoughts were, I want to buy some. I want to buy a piece from, I want to buy headphones from her. <laughs> I know. And I was like, I'm, she's calling me sick. Yeah. Like because I want to buy an artwork that she's painted. Partly because of the fact that I'm sure it would be amazing, but also partly for the fact that she painted it. What kind of stuff does she paint? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know if it's landscape or if it's like abstract, like abstract sort of stuff or like what? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Like I have no idea, but I just find this fascinating. So, um, like, and also so like, fuck your wishes. Like you did whatever you did. I can buy your painting just for the sake of whatever. Yeah. Don't I used to felt a little horrible saying that just then, but. Fuck. No, I feel the same way. Like, fuck you. I can buy whatever I want from you. Do you know why? Because you're a piece of shit. <laughs> but like, it's so strange because she just seems, and she's never laid a hand on anyone else since she's been in prison for like 18, 17 years. She's, her track record is pristine clean and she has like everyone outside of her life fair enough, have cut ties with her. So her own family is the prisoners. So she's tried to make it a family inside. And they were saying like, it's really sad because every other prisoner is on the phone talking family members and she's got no one. Yeah. Which is kind of what you get, I guess. You'd have to be a higher level of human to forgive someone after they've done something so awful. But. And I think what makes it worse is like, and this is what probably would have added to her prison sentence is the fact that she didn't kill someone out of frustration and, and whatever else. And, or he was an abusive partner or something. Not that it makes it any worse, but like she was sentenced to this life in prison because of the fact that she got off on every ounce of that murder and every way she could. And she knew it was shock and she just kept, you know, she just went there and went above and beyond. And so, yeah. It's so dark and awful. There's actually, funnily enough, a picture with her, like with all these women and they're all smiling. And George Pell, like Cardinal George Pell, is that his name? Uh, We mentioned before. Oh, um, Cardinal Pell. Yeah. Yeah. He's in prison there and then they're all standing there smiling and she's there and she's got his just one hand on him. It's like, oh. Anyway, it's also like. Oh, yeah. Just two, pedophiles two really terrible to. people meeting. Oh, gosh. And so, like, also in prison, apparently she's, like, she won't take shit from no one. And, like, when she pulls up those fights with girls and that, she doesn't use intimidation or violence tactics. They just sort of had this level of respect for her because of what she's done, which is kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, and But she's apparently really likable in prison. Like, everyone loves her, which is also really weird. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know how to feel... I don't like her <laughs> and uh, she'll never get out. So she can never like, come. I remember when me. I first heard this story, I was like, Oh, I feel really horrible. Cause she had this really awful childhood and everything else. But like we talked about last week, okay. Shit really awful does happen. Things happen to you, but also like just don't kill people. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people who grow up in an abusive family mm. and they turn out to be model citizens and great humans. So yeah. you don't have to, kill people yeah. and you don't have to abuse other people because you've been abused and yeah. oh, I don't know fuck that was so heavy <sighs> Sam and I'm so <laughs> also I just I think because the level like the amount of 
it was an enjoyable process. Oh, this is going to sound really morbid, like going through it because there's so much information out there about each of the victims, yeah, about the families that are connected, uh, about her, her life, and, of course, because there's novels been written about her. And now stay tuned for the movie. Like we have to find out when this movie's coming Oh, out. I'm and, 100% down to watch oh, this movie. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I just find it, uh, I mean, I encourage you to sort of, Get curious about it. See videos and and read all the different articles. Yeah, and for of, sure. Um, do what do you think that she was someone who had a really horrible upbringing, and this was kind of the life that was destined for her, or was she like a stone cold, callous monster oh, who she just was, loved murder? She was a monster. Yeah, absolutely it's, monster. Like when I read the article though of her being this nana in prison, she's like in her sixties, like sixty-five or something. Like, oh, and she knits and she paints and she breaks up fights. And (laughs) and then I was like, oh, and she skinned a man and stabbed him thirty-seven times and tried to feed him or wanted fantasize about feeding him to them. Ugh. Anyway, come on. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. Also, I don't know how long I can eat. She's like, I'm not going to eat meat tonight. That's a thing. <laughs> That's going to happen. I'm going to eat meat right now. <laughs> ah, awful. Yeah, this is some nice. <laughs> some liver and the fava beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. This has been a long podcast. I do apologize. And I do apologize. It's been You're just- so like up and down. I just have been into this for the past couple of days and I've just absorbed so much and I haven't. I didn't get to a point where I was like, how I want to tell the story. No, you're just like, direction. you're so detail orientated, which is the opposite of what I am, <laughs> which is well, great. Well, we work. Yeah. 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 So thanks for listening. And if you want to rate, review and subscribe. Please. Please do that. Wonder the podcast help. on like every bit yeah. of social media. No what, spaces. No spaces. Wonder the podcast, one word at um, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to write in, it's one of the podcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. And tell us your stories. Tell us anything that was shocking or anything that was interesting. Or if you have any stories to share, please yes. share. Go ahead. All right. Bye. Bye.